I'm going to share with you tonight another installment of God's Got You Covered. Why don't you just do that right now? God's Got Me Covered. Tonight, surviving the perils of perilous times, I'm going to be giving you survival strategies. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 is where we're going to begin. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now remember, I understand what's going on all around us, and I'm ready for God to show up, show off, and show out in extraordinary ways in your life, in the church, and in the earth. Perilous times simply means dangerous opportunity. So if you're, if you're full of faith, you can handle the dangerous and seize hold on the opportunity that we're being given right now when men's hearts are open for the Word of God like they haven't been for decades. Deborah Lowe, Coach, I call you, glad to have you, Nick Comstock, Dan, and Nancy Dar. How I miss you guys being right there on the front row in the great Summerall Tabernacle. Now, in recent times, it's my heart's conviction that we've acquired a lot more knowledge, but I see far more people operating in less wisdom than ever. Here's what I'm talking about. We seem to move faster, but we don't seem to make any progress. Uh, we built systems that then we're unable to maintain. We initiate elaborate schemes and projects and programs that then we have no ability to sustain. We undertake efforts because we can instead of asking the Riveting question, is that what we should do? Our money, our power are all increasing, but our influence is shrinking. We've conquered space, but we've surrendered our lives to our baser impulses. I have to have it now. I have to have it the way I want it. I have to have more of it than I need, and I'll wreck heaven and hell and climb up anybody's back and jump off their shoulders to get me what I want. We're discovering the intricate secrets of the genetic code but at the same time, we're forgetting the very fundamentals of how to successfully relate to each other. We turn to science for all the answers, while we turn away from the God who created the cosmos that all science can do is examine. We accept without reservation many times, the latest recommendations of the scientific community. And I respect them. That's not the question. But in the COVID-19 outbreak and pandemic, how many times do they have to be wrong before you understand they're making the best educated guess they have, but they miss it more than they get it right? We reject the truth that God has made so available to us through his word. Now listen, these are very uniquely, they're not only perilous times, they're uniquely perilous times. And we've got to discover 
how to survive the perils of perilous times. The apostle Paul did it from a prison cell. Here's what he wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. I know both how to be abased, how to be of humble circumstances, and to have abundance. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned the secret, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound while I'm suffering need. Then he quoted, or actually penned that great verse we all quote all the time, I can do all things because of Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, that empowers me. In this same passage, the great apostle declared, I've been in perils in the deep. I've been in perils of my own countrymen. I've been in perils of affliction. I have been in the middle of the desert. I have been stoned and left for dead. But through it all, I can hear you. I can hear you, you sweet psalmist Andre Crouch. He learned how to survive the perils of perilous times. Always remember this. Your greatest conflict hear me now, will always come on the heels of your greatest victory. More preachers quit after they build a building of $1 million or more in the next six months after they move in. Why? Because your greatest peril comes at the, on, the, on the heels of your greatest victory. That's what we're experiencing now. We have the greatest economy the world has ever known. Now we've got over 30 million people in eight weeks in the unemployment line, the greatest since the Great Depression. Look, if we're going to survive, and you're going to survive, I'm just going to grab you by your spiritual lapels and tell you you got more to reach out for than to hold on to. If you're going to thrive and be a part of a new great awakening, we have to stir our spirits and grasp hold of the timeless truths anchored in the word of the Lord. We have to say, this is it. I told one of our executives today, that's it. I've come to my end of my rope with this one and that one and that one. It's over. We can't be concerned about what it looks like. We can't respond out of a heart full of fear and trepidation. We can't be concerned about what it sounds like because we can see hope beyond the scope of human limitation. John 10, 10 I'm going to shout it. The thief came, but for to kill and to steal and to destroy. But I have come, said Jesus, that you, Tim Shepard, uh, Sergey and Natalie Daniletz, our great Russian harvest pastors, we love you, Roger Mays, our Royal Rangers director. Watch, watch. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, sufficient in quantity, 
superior in quality. Why don't you decide with me right now? I'm just sitting here in your living room with you. Why don't you firmly get persuaded that you are intent from this moment forward on laying hold on that abundant life to be blessed spirit, soul, and body and in everything that pertains to life and godliness. All right, now here we go. We're going to get into key number one, survival strategy number one. Look at all my elders joining me. Elder Christian, Elder Canfield, Elder Shermer, Elder McKee. Thank you for being here. Now, if you expect to survive the perils of perilous time, number one, I scratched the surface of it last week. I'm going to hit it and move on this week. You've got to become absolutely persuaded that you have been truly born again. Now, you cannot be born again, my dear friend, without being convicted of your sin by the Holy Spirit. I've given you scripture after scripture after scripture. I've got another entire sheet of them tonight, but I'm not going to go through them. Look them up for yourself. Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. Now I have a question for you. Are you? Old things are passed away. Another question. What are you still holding on to from your previous life? Behold, all things are become new. A new species of being that has never existed before. Is that who you became? Did the conviction of your own sin go so high over your head that you couldn't lift yourself up by reason thereof? Look, this is not a bad thing. Conviction leads to repentance. Repentance leads to refreshing. Refreshing leads to revival. Revival leads to awakening. We're not talking about making a decision like you're going through some fast food drive-through. We're talking about being converted. Philippians 2.9, God also has highly exalted Jesus, given him a name, watch me, watch me, Above every name, we use that a lot to rebuke things. But hear the rest of the verse. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. My dear friend, the name of Jesus is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Marvin Sellers, Scotty Little, Cindy Feckety. Come on, everybody get on here and tell me that the Spirit of God is speaking. I don't know what it is about these Wednesday nights, but the Holy Ghost of God just comes upon me. Now know this. 
There is only salvation in the name of Jesus. Another elder and Miss Carolyn Murphy joining me right now. Marcia, Mar Marissa Rodriguez. Hallelujah. There's no salvation in a Hindu cow. Now you could check that off because you don't have an issue with that. There's no, there's no salvation in a Shinto shrine. You check that one off. You know there's no salvation in a Buddhist temple. Now somebody overseas may be watching me right now. By the way, if you're watching from out of state or you're watching from a foreign nation beyond the borders of the United States, let me know right now. Brandy Tatum, God bless you. Lori Penrod, Terry Ewan, we love you. Watch this. There's no salvation in a new age God. Most of you can check that one off, although many of the churches you attend and many of the doctrines you ascribe to have been borrowed from New Age doctrine. That's why you need to watch PRP. I'll show you the difference. But this is something very powerful right now that I want to say by the Holy Spirit. Government cannot save you. We have got to get in the United States of America the realization of why our founding fathers came here. It was to get away from the government controlling the church for its own benefit. That's what we're headed toward with this new identity socialism that's being propagated on America right now. There's no salvation in education although you should get all you can. John 14, verse 6, your Bible says very plainly, Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Going to church will not even bring you eternal salvation. You know, you're not going to be a a believer in Jesus Christ born again because you go to church any more than you're going to turn into a car because you spend a night in your garage. John 3, Jesus said what has to happen. You must be born again. Otherwise, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to give you a test right now. Are you ready? Are you ready? Four proofs that will tell you whether or not from Nigeria, from Brazil, from Peru, from Canada, from Trinidad. I just read those off right quick. Come on, let me know where you're watching from. I'm going to give you a test to see if you're born again. Because we got a whole lot of people sitting in pews on their way not to heaven. Number one proof. An appetite. An insatiable appetite to know God through his word. Now stop right there. Is this what you hunger for? I wish I had one. Give me that phone. Or is this what you hunger for? What's the first thing that comes into your mind every morning? Oh, I got to check my feed. I got to see who likes me and who doesn't like me. I got to see who's been talking about me. I got to look at pictures that I've got no business looking at 
or when your eyes come open, is this the first thing your heart is hungry for? Well, now, Brother Rod, no, 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 no. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word, the word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here it is. How much time have you spent in it today? Most of you are home all the time. Boy, I've got some staff around here. Bless their hearts. I'm praying for them because they've got eight hours a day to do something because they're sure enough not working. So I can't wait to line them up in front of me and say, what revelations has God given you when you're spending eight hours a day searching his word? Oh, I forgot. You watched three Netflix videos. That's what you were doing. Number two, I, I can't hear you shouting. Is anybody shouting online? More elders, the Yoders, Stacy Harper, Scott Kittle, Pastor Chad Carter, we love you. Jamaica, we love you. Second, on your test, you ready? Discharge. What does that mean? John 12, 25, he that loves his life will lose it. He that hates his life in this world shall keep it. Go back to that now. Discharge, what am I talking about? Dying to yourself. What sense COVID-19 hit is gone from your life so that you could get closer to God. F are you fasting? Are, are you praying? You see, it's in times like these that what's alive on the inside of you shows up on the outside of you. Folks have been saying, Pastor, the anointing on you is, is even increased. Well, it's seven times greater than it was before I got attacked with vocal cord cancer. But since this thing hit, I think it's taken another sevenfold increase. Why? I'm in his presence more than I've ever been. They took note that they had been with Jesus. Is that what people are saying about you? Woo! What is on you, girl? You're walking different. You're talking different. Stephen, bless you. India, welcome India. The land of a million gods, but only one true God. Number three, how you doing on your test? Seeing if you're truly born again or you're just religious. Two different things. Number three, you have growth. <laughs> Every day you want to become more like him. Ephesians 4.14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men in their cunning craftiness where they lie in wait to deceive. I'm telling you what's the honest before the Lord Jesus truth as you're just sitting here in my living room with me. 
I have never seen people so gullible regarding doctrine, sound doctrine in my life. Why? Because there's no doctrine being preached from the pulpit anymore. We've got, we've got unspiritually educated people wet behind the ears, getting in front of a telephone somewhere, and everybody's calling them a prophet, and they haven't said any truth in the last five years. But listen to what he said. We should be speaking the truth in love. Here we go now. That we may grow up. Grow up. Look across the room at somebody right now and say, go ahead, grow up. You see, the thing about us is we never reach full maturity. We're supposed to be growing every day, growing up into him, even Christ. Number four, so my question is, are you more like him? Do you respond like him? Is your faith stronger? Now, I'm not mad at you. I want you to take this test so you can find out that a lot of people have just been inoculated against the real thing. You know how they inoculate whenever we get a, a, a vaccine for coronavirus? Do you know what they will do? They will take coronavirus and they will put it into your body so that your body develops an immunity to it. Do you know what religion is? Religion is an inoculation against the real thing. You get a little bit of religion, you start feeling good about yourself, and you think that you're born again, but you're not. Number four, here's a way you can tell if you're born again. Are you reproducing? What is that? It's a compulsion. Now, I understand compulsion. I, I am, I am compuls compulsive about being subject to bursts of enthusiasm. I'm compulsive about the word of God. I'm compulsive about my family. I am compulsive that the Lamb of God slain receive the reward of his suffering. Hallelujah. That the apex of all Christian endeavor becomes to place the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior. I can't take it if I'm not winning souls. Now I have to ask you a question. Are you reproducing? Well, what do you mean, Pastor Rod? When Jesus had an encounter with people in the Gospels, he had to tell them, now don't go say anything about it. And they still couldn't keep from it. We have to do everything in the world to get you to even begin to crack the door open to let somebody around you know that you go to church, much less that you're born again. Matthew 18, 16, Jesus spoke to them saying, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. What does that mean? You got to tell somebody. Now hold on. I'm loving you into this thing now. When's the last time you brought somebody to Jesus? I'm telling you, 
you need to become a part of the school of the spirit where world changes are made, where we have kingdom over culture. We've got a, an evangelism scholarship on board just for you at Valor Christian College, valorcollege.edu. Okay, if that wasn't enough for you, now I'm going to give you five more indicators of whether or not you are born again. You ready? John chapter 1, verse 12. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. To as many as believed in him, he gave them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Okay, hold on now. How do we know whether or not you are a son of God? First of all, there are two different Evangelist Deborah George is on right now. We love you, and we're believing God to raise up mighty evangelists just like you out of the school of the Spirit. Chrissy Emrick, Anisha Parker, we love you. Look, there are two kinds of sons. Maybe no one's ever told you this, so just snuggle up close to me right now and let me, let me share this with you. There are two Greek words for the word son. One is technon, T-E-K-N-O-N. What does that mean? Well, it means a son by birth. I am James Parsley's son. He was Alan Parsley's son. Austin Chandler is my son by birth, technon. But that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about weo, H-U-I-O-S. This is a son who takes, hallelujah, I'm believing for this for you right now. Listen to me. This is a son who becomes like his father because of exposure. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. You get in this, you start looking like him, talking like him, acting like him, responding like him. I'm asking you tonight, let's be sure we're born again. When you're born again, here's number one of this new five, your aura changes. Now, what does that mean? That means the atmosphere around you. Do you know that it is a scientific fact that if you're feeling happy without even saying a word, you are giving off positive energy as far as 10 feet away from you. And it's exactly true in the opposite. If you're feeling grouchy, you're mad, you're upset, you're fearful. That's the reason people, I have beautifully trained German shepherds, they're Schutzen threes and they are amazing. And people say, well now wait a minute, how does he know I'm afraid? He can sense it. In actuality, he can smell it. So when you're afraid, you're giving off an aura. But when you're confident in God, when you're settled and rooted in God, hallelujah, people all around you can sense it. 
Is that what they sense around you? Second, you ought to be saying right now, I want it, I want it, I want it, instead of getting half mad at me for pointing it out to you. Come on, I'm leading you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Don't look at where you are. God's not. Look at where you're going to be. Look at who you're going to become. Secondly, your attitude changes. From a minus, one of the greatest soul-winning messages I ever heard in my life was preached in the pulpit in the great Summerall Tabernacle World Harvest Church by the great Reinhard Bonnke. He said, Jesus will take a minus and at the cross, he'll make it a plus. Is your attitude a minus or a plus? Are people encouraged about the Lord when they're around you? Or is he barely mentioned? Third, oh, here we go. We're going to have fun with this one. I've been waiting for weeks to get right here. Your attire is supposed to change. Hello? Are you there? Maybe I'll get off this and come look right in there close at you. I said, are you there? Your attire is supposed to change. Look, I'm driving the TV people. <laughs> well, are you, it's, 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 it's just every now and then, Ashton Blair will bring something to me. She said, look at this. A so-called Christian with, with not enough clothes on to make a good mask. Your attire is supposed to change. You're not supposed to draw attention to yourself. You're not supposed to look like you just bounced off a covered wagon. Any old barn can use a fresh coat of paint. That's not what I'm talking about. But the world has a standard. And just because it's the world's standard does not mean it's your standard. You ought to have everything you do that glorifies God. Number four, your allegiances change. To what do you pledge your allegiance? You know, if there's anything missing from current culture and why we need to get kingdom over culture, Amanda Crabb, we love you. You are going to be preaching up a storm at Valor Christian College tomorrow, hosted live by Pastor Manny and Miss Hannah, 10 o'clock. Michelle Raglan, we love you. Scott McLeod, God bless all of you. Now, hold on with me here. Are you taking this down? Number four. Your allegiances have to change. If there's anything missing in current culture, it's faithfulness. Watch. It's loyalty. It's honor. Do you do a full day's work for a full day's pay? Or are you freeloading? That speaks to your character. It speaks that you, your loyalty is out of place. To what do you pledge your allegiance? 
People aren't faithful to their marriages anymore. They aren't faithful to church anymore. It's why nobody even enjoys the National Football League anymore, really, because there's no loyalty. I mean, when you used to be a fan of the Green Bay Packers, you were a fan of the Green Bay Packers. And if you were a fan of the, of the Cleveland Browns, you were a fan of the Cleveland Browns. Whether they won or lost, and when they were losing, you were more of a fan. When your friends in church are going through struggles, are you the one that pushes them when they're down? Or do you reach out with a hand? How much do you pray for your pastor? How many meals have you given up that they would become the vessel through which the anointing of the Holy Spirit would bring you into everything God has for you? Or how often do you have them for dinner after the service? Where are allegiances? Number five, our appetites. Now see, uh, y'all know that every one of these is a sermon. You understand that? I'm just giving them to you very quickly. Here's how to identify whether you're really born again. What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for presents? Are, are you hungry for God to come upon you in prayer? Not so that you can declare a fast, but so that you can forget to eat? When's the last time you fell down in front of him? You were so overwhelmed by his mighty and glorious power. Now I'm going to slip this in on you. I hadn't intended to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Since we're just all at home right now. <laughs> do you know why most people are not hungry for God at all? I'm going to tell you. They're full of the husks that the swine eat. Ooh, ooh, I, I felt you go, oh. Remember the prodigal? He filled himself with the hog's food. What are you filling your mind with? What are you filling your thought life with? What are you filling your heart with? What are you filling your mouth with? I'm not going to be quiet about it for the next decade. Psalm 8110, open your mouth with a mighty decree. And I will fulfill it now. You'll see the words that you speak. God said, so shall it be. Psalm 30 and 31 Tell us that salvation, to be whole in God, sozo, to be saved, to be delivered, to be healed, to be made whole, to be preserved for God to do well by you. Hallelujah. I've already given you nine indicators. While I'm at it, I think I'll give you four more. Now remember, on Wednesday night, I'm training you. You're not here just to hoop and holler. You're here to get the word to grow thereby. So here we go. I'm going to have to get through them pretty quick. Here's how you can know if you're truly born again. Some of you mothers, how did you know your baby was alive? How did you know? You couldn't see. You weren't in a position to see. But I bet this, I bet you heard. 
I'll bet you heard that little baby open that mouth and cry. Do you know what that's called? When you're born again, that's called prayer. Oh, you can receive teaching to, to, to make your prayer life more efficient and effective, sure. But if you don't have a deep down longing, hunger, desire to cry out to God in prayer, I'm going to say it with a smile on my face. You're not born again. You're not born again. You're religious. You're trying to do good. But this isn't about doing good. This is about do you have a born again spirit, nature, or are you just in your mind trying to do better? Psalm 91, 15. Call upon me. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I, God said, I will honor him. Secondly, do you live a fasted lifestyle? Mm, mm. Hold on now. I didn't ask if you, if you go on fast. That's a totally different thing. Far beyond going on a fast that a lot of people sell a lot of books about is living a fasted lifestyle. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, what are you denying yourself? At the beginning of the year, when I began to teach on uh, uh, what the Bible says about being in debt, people's eyes were open for the first time. Why? Well, they don't know anything about living a fasted lifestyle. They don't know anything about denying themselves. They don't know anything about, you know what? Instead of doing thus and so for X amount of time, I'm going to not do that. And I'm going to take the money I would have spent on that, and I'm going to put it aside. I'm going to discipline myself. Do you eat everything you want? That's why 90% of Americans are so grossly overweight. They have no discipline. Sometimes it's okay to not eat. Do you have to watch your television show? Or can you walk away from it in a discipline and say, no, I think, I think today I'm going to read the entire book of Mark. Are you born again? Are you living kingdom over culture? Luke 2, 37. And she was a widow of about four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer, day and night. Number three, a righteous lifestyle. Romans 6, 13. Do not yield your members as instruments to unrighteousness, to sin, but yield yourselves to God. What do you want me to do, God? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? Who do you want me to influence? What do you want me to do without today so that more of you can come into my life? Lord, hear my prayer. Less of me, more of you. These are the prayers 
of a true believer as those that are alive from the dead and your members yield them as instruments to God. Number four, last one in this stretch, I believe this will be the 13th I've given you in your little examination, Luke 6, 38. Give, it shall be given unto you, good measure heaped up, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure you meet out, it shall be measured to you again. Are you there? Are you living a giving lifestyle? I'm not talking just about your finances, believe me. What are you giving to your local church? What are you giving to your community? What are you giving to your spouse? What are you giving to your family? What are you giving to your children? What are you giving to your neighbor? What are you giving to the person that you go through the drive-through? Are you giving the life of God, the aura of God, the blessing of God? Are they better off because they came into contact with you? Can they tell you've been with Jesus? a giving, living lifestyle. Well, how'd you do on your little examination? I pray you did great because next week I'm going to get into some more keys. I'm going to get into vigilance. I'm going to get into expression. I'm going to get into the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get into being on a war footing. We're going to have a time now on Wednesday night. So set your alarm for 630 every Wednesday evening. And it'll go off and remind you, hey, Pastor Rod's going to be live here in 30 minutes. I better get ready. I want to talk to you. I've got, where am I? Well, I think maybe they ran out to get them. Your Bible says that there was a man, Caesarea Philippi, named Cornelius. He was an Italian. How do I know that? Well, because the Bible says he was a centurion, he was a soldier, captain of a host. He was of the band called the Italians. He was a devout man, he was a man that feared God. How do we know that? Well, God tells you. He gave much alms and prayed to God always. That's a pretty good test for being born again, isn't it? Are you a giver in every area of your life or do you seek to get? Are you more concerned to get or to give? And do you have an up-to-date and vital prayer life? Look, I'm not, I know so many people that are condemned about their prayer life and they really don't need to be condemned about their prayer life. They really just need to truly be born again on the inside because praying is automatic when you're born again. Now that same Cornelius I just shared with you mixed his praying and his giving and your Bible said it raised up a memorial so that God would remember him. I didn't make that up. That's right there in your Bible. That God wants to remember you. When an accident looks like it's coming your way, God remembers you. 
When some calamity seems like it will strike, God remembers you. When some attack attempts to come against you, God remembers you. Why? Your alms, your giving, and your prayers mixed together are there as a memorial before him. I remember when they sent us word that Austin Chandler had been hit in a downtown street by a city bus. I remember Miss Joni saying, remember us, God, we're tithers. Wow. Is that you? Are your prayers and your alms building a memorial for you before God? We're going to ask you to give in a moment, but I want to be of a giving spirit too. This is, as I shared with you, this is a hot off the press. It's still warm. And Ashton Blair is actually the one that said, Dad, you, you haven't offered that enough. You need to get that in the hands of more people right now. It's so full of the anointing of God. It's called 2020, the decade of dominion, 20 decrees, or seven decrees, and seven declarations. I want you to have it. I'm going to put it in the hands of everyone who sows any gift tonight at all. And I do need to hear from you. We're not in the pews. The offering containers aren't going to everybody. So I really, really need you to know no gift is too small. No gift is too large. I, I appreciate the giving of so many people because without you, there's no way we could be here. You know, it's been nearly 10 weeks since we've been able to gather together. And yet God is sustaining us, but it's only because of you. And I know that God will remember you when you mix your praying and your giving. So for your gift of any size, I'm going to give you that profound right now word. Then for everyone who will sow a $40 gift tonight, $40, that's all. If you didn't tithe Sunday, make sure you get your tithe in tonight. But for your offering, $40 or more, I'm, I'm going to send you 2020 Decade of Dominion, 20 Decrees and Declarations. And I'm going to send you a time to speak. I want to get it so you can see it there. A time to speak. This is my best-selling recent series. Let me give you the titles. Number one, The Issue. What is the issue? Let me give you a sneak peek. The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. We don't have a race issue. We have a heart issue. Second, once we know what the issue is, second message the response to the issue. The third message, good news or fake news. And the fourth one, I remember preaching it, the seas are roaring. What should we do as the sons of Issachar living in this present time? Right there it is. Yeah, it's the COVID booklet. Not this one. So they brought me the wrong one. Yeah, it's the COVID, but I thought it was. That's why I got my, my tongue tied around my eye tooth. Anyway, it's a brand new one of those. 
regarding the COVID-19 virus. And I knew that's what it was. And so now we got it straight. But I'm also going to send you for your gift of $40 or more a time to speak. The issue, the response, good news or fake news, and the seas are roaring. What does it mean, this time we're living in? I'll bring you up to date. You're going to enjoy every one of them. I'm going to get them right to you on download when you sow your gift tonight of $40 or more. I pray you will. I've got my faith out there, believing God to hear from every one of you. I'm going to release you in just a moment to go and make your alms before God and mix it with your praying and let God receive it as a memorial for you. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.